0: Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I am your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Noemi Pavone, back for a third time, dropping so many gems. I just love her work, her IG videos, her her postings of inspiration and hustle and motivation and leadership on LinkedIn. And I wanted to bring her back because what she, one thing she was talking about is how leaders need to fill their own cups in order for them to be the best leaders they can be. So I wanted to bring her on to talk about self-care. And so for those who'll be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. Noemi, will you please introduce yourself?
1: Hi everyone, my name is Noemi Pavone and I am the Chief Executive Officer of the Pavone firm. I'm also Principal Coach. A lot of my work is centered and based and grounded in education. We coach Provide coaching services for uh, leaders, a lot of senior leaders, a lot of principals, vice principals, and uh, we offer services around instructional coaching and pedagogy for our teachers. So, super excited to do this work around the country. Will, thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast, and um, I'm incredibly. A grateful and, and passionate about, grateful to speak on this topic and certainly passionate about this topic um, as wellness is one of our core values for our company. And for most people, it's, you know, it's a little weird when they're like, oh, wellness, you're a leadership, you know, you provide leadership coaching, but wellness is one of un, one of your um, uh, pillars and and it is. And so I'm, I'm passionate about it. And I'm sure, um, you know, throughout this interview, I'll share some of the things we we do and what we believe around self-care.
0: All right, all right. So let's begin by defining self-care, right? Because a lot of people, when they hear it, they think of, of self-improvement books. Some people think of sage and crystals and bubble baths and and yoga and meditation uh-huh. and, and all sorts of things. And I want to know what is your definition of self-care and why is it so difficult for educators?
1: Yeah. So um, to me, self-care is really about, there's this, you know, the whole concept of, you know, just like when you're on a flight, the flight attendant, before you all take off, they go through all the rules. One of those being when the oxygen mask, in case of an emergency, oxygen mask will drop and you put it on first before you put it on other people. And um, the the concept of the oxygen mask to me means giving yourself permission to um, take care of your mind, of your body, and your spirit, right? And so self-care is, you know, around your mind, giving yourself the breaths that you need to take, whether that is through yoga for some people, that's a combination of like prayer, right? Or reading the word or daily affirmations that have to do with mindsets, body, you know, treating your body right by the foods that you put in your body, um, drinking water, getting enough sleep. Um, and these are often things that that leaders put on the back burner. And, and let me just say, teachers, educators put this, you know, on the back burner. And Also, so the spiritual part, just like, you know, whatever your religious belief is, if you believe in in the universe and energy, just being in alignment with all of those things. I also would add that self-care is also financial and environmental needs as well. Like what is the environment that you need to be successful and to truly, um, you know, like walk in your purpose and financial too. And I think that the reason why it is difficult for educators to um, to really focus on this is because we are givers. We are in the industry of giving. Um, many of us, we live by the principles of servant leadership. And servant leadership is all about serving other people first. But I think that it's a slippery slope because sometimes we... In our minds, we we say that well, let me take care of all these people first, and then I'll come back to myself. And I think that honoring the concept of and this is something that I've had to learn, and I'm still learning on this journey is that um, servant leadership really means honoring the leader that I'm called to be, so that I can serve others. And uh, that's kind of like the new frame frame of, of reference that i'm looking at things from and that i'm i'm working on hmm.
0: so being an educator if people haven't realized i think parents have now since kids are at the home uh it's very stressful and a lot of educators you know they bail after five years yeah. so I, I want to talk about the idea of of being selfish right making sure that mentally in terms of a mindset you understand that it's okay for you to look after yourself right How, how can an educator let go of the drama whether it's a kid a parent an administrator you know they're not having a good day something at home happens right and then they bring it to school and it disrupts their day but they're just not feeling well they're not feeling excited they're not feeling like wow i am living a life that i'm supposed to live how can they get rid of that and create better practices for them to live a life where they feel fulfilled
1: yeah i think that what oftentimes happens with us is that um we're going a thousand miles an hour and we don't take the time to just pause and reflect and just allow ourselves to be um and be in those spaces where si- where where there is silence and mm-hmm. we have to create those spaces of silence because i believe that in those spaces of silence is when we're able to like dig deep around our purpose right and like what was it and reflect literally, what, what are the things throughout my day that made me feel alive? Where, what, what was it about today that just didn't make me feel in alignment with what I believe? Was there something that, a place today where I had to step outside of my boundaries, or what I believe in, or, you know what I mean? And so I think that um, I would, I, I, I say that Oftentimes, again, we're going at such a fast pace that we don't take that time because in that time, we also are able to create boundaries. We're able to say, okay, this is how I actually feel. This is, how, this, this is how I perceive this. This is how I interpreted this. So let me realign. Let me create a boundary here. But instead, we keep going. We keep going. We keep giving. The thing about educators is it's almost like a lot of educators don't, they're often, they don't, tur- they don't know how to turn it off. It's hard. I know that personally because I did it, but I've, I've been in education for 13 years and I remember probably the good, a good half of my career, more than half of my career. I have worked way well over 40, 50 hours a week because we're constantly thinking about how could we serve better? What can we do better? What, you know, and we're constantly thinking about, is that person okay? Is that child okay? Is my, are my teachers okay? And um, so again, taking time to be silent, uh, the boundaries, I say seek coaching, right? Not, and, and not every manager is going to be your coach. I believe managers should be coaches as well, because that's, you know, your, your job is really to build capacity in other people. Um, that's my, my opinion, but, uh, seek coaching. If you're, if your manager is not your direct coach, seek another coach, find mentorship, ask for professional development, um, and find community. Community is so important because sometimes, whether that community is internal, but sometimes that community has to be external, whether it is at your church, whether it it, it is at a gym, whether it is a network of other, you know, for us, we have um, a program that is only for women of color that are that are in educational leadership. And so they have a private community where they actually have a safe space to talk about the heartaches, the weights that they have to carry as leaders in education. And so um, there's a, a actually a pretty big group right now on Facebook. I don't know, Will, if you're a part of it, it's called Teaching During COVID-19. Mm. And there are over 130,000 educators in this group and it's so awesome to just see sometimes i just pop in and out of there and it's great to see how people literally they have formed a community and teachers are being vulnerable and real about um you know some of the things that they're experiencing so anyhow i would say uh, find time for for silence um See coaching, accountability partners, community are all key things that, um, you know, ways that that educators can be selfish to focus on their self-care.
0: So what's something you've learned about renewing yourself and what was your journey like getting to where you are now?
1: So uh, the question, let me, can you repeat the question one time?
0: what's something you you have learned about the process of taking the time to renew yourself and what was your journey like to getting to where you are now
1: man i am still a work in progress i am um i am a go hard go home kind of person so if i say i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do it i'm gonna give it i'm gonna go full force 110 but i I had to redefine what going full force meant for myself Mm -hmm. Um, and my previous, and it really all came full circle for me and my former experience as a high school turnaround principal where, um, you know, that role within itself means that you, that you're disrupting the status quo. And um, like, I, I just, I was going hard all the time because I wanted, there's so many things that needed to be fixed. Right. And, and and sometimes they all feel so urgent and you just kind of kind of got to pick like what areas to focus in. And in that process, there were a lot of successes, but there were also failures along the way. And one of those failures, I would say, is that I feel like I failed myself in terms of putting my oxygen mask on during the time that I think my team needed me to put my oxygen mask. I thought that servant leadership was Working from three thirty a.m. in the morning to eight o'clock at night, you know, like in my mind, like I was, I was operating that way. I wasn't sleeping. I gained weight, and then I noticed my team was burned out. One day it hit me. I was like, "Gosh, they look so burned out," and and I was burned out. And I'm like, "This is a reflection of me. This is a reflection of my leadership." And um, and meanwhile, this was a school that where we prioritize wellness, we had what, three, five gyms on site, a free, a free fitness trainer for the entire staff. You know how many people showed up to go work out every week? Maybe like three, maybe, maybe six to 10 with all of our schools combined. Right. And so it really hit me um, and, and during that that experience and mindfulness was another huge part of What we integrated into our school day this in the second year that I was there. We started every school day There were a lot just a lot of students high poverty area a lot of students walking in with a lot of trauma a lot of weights that they were carrying from from home and we just stopped everything in the morning and I didn't know Exactly how to do it, right? But I called my mindfulness coach, Dr. Holm, who was one of our guest speakers um, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Dr. Holm, my school—I need to—I need silence in my school. My students need it. My teachers need it. We just need to learn how to breathe, just have, just like be emotionally, like mindfully." And so um, that mindfulness journey really helped. So now, to your point around what was your journey like to get to where you are now? I just put a stake in the ground and said you know, like, I'm going to prioritize wellness, not just for myself, but in my business. And so when I started the Pavone firm, um, you know, I said that we were going to ensure that our leaders um, were also putting on the oxygen mask. And so we do that in a variety of ways. One of them is in our one on one sessions. For example, today, I just got off a, a coaching call with a leader in New Jersey. And I, the first thing I asked her was, when was the last time you drank water? Because she, she talked about, you know, some, some things that they were going through. And my first question to her was, when was the last time you asked, you, you uh, drank water? Who's asking, leaders those, who, who's asking leaders those questions, right? Or when was the last time that um, you just took a breath? You slowed down your breathing? And so literally in the beginning of our call, we took a few deep breaths and just kind of slowed down, set the intention for the coaching call and moved into the work. Also, we offer our, our leaders and myself, I have to go through everything that I provide for my leaders, right? I can't like say we're doing this and not walk the talk. And so all the leaders in our, in our she program, our women in leadership program, they all get a um, virtual fitness coach so now we have a community around fitness not just leadership and what you're doing at your school but it's like hey did you get your eight hours of sleep did you work out three times a week like you said and some weeks we we make it we we do well and some weeks we miss the mark and that's okay but it's all about having um that community around it and so for me again i'm still a work in progress i've lost you know like a significant amount of that weight and i'm i'm much more healthy Uh, mind body spirit in a much clearer place and I just want to make sure that 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 is a learned lesson that I can not only apply for to my life but also for those that we serve in our in our organization
0: Hmm. so I want to ask you you just talked about the community that you have created with your business but how important is it for teachers in terms of self-care to have a a group of teachers or family members that can hold them accountable to doing the work to being consistent with filling their cup
1: how important it is it it is priority it is priority right like i you know there are because again we're, we're always going sometimes we forget that the way the way we refill our cup is by taking some time with our family is by making that phone call or going for a walk with our three-year-old I have a another leader in Atlanta who you know she kept saying like she I I just want to go take a walk with my with my little girl I've been promising her that for three weeks and I was like put it on your calendar now when when are you going to do it you know like it's so it is, an, it is priority that every teacher and that um, every leader takes the time to do that. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Did I say that correctly? I, I sometimes mess up the idioms, the dual language thing. I just blame it on that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, So so that's just something to, it is priority.
0: So if, or when you get off track, is there a practice, a written word, uh, something that you do that you have found to be helpful?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, so I think a couple of things. One, um, I have a personal mission statement that I I follow, and um, I say it every morning. Um, And when I feel like I'm off balance, I go back to that personal mission statement. A part of that personal mission statement says, there's a part that says, um, my body is my temple, right? I will um, have wisdom in what I eat, see, hear and whom I socialize with. And that reminds me of like, my boundaries right and that's not to say i don't you know i didn't have an oreo yesterday because i certainly did um but it's just like everything was balanced (laughs) and um the other part of that is i also have it on my schedule every day now sometimes i fall short and sometimes i hit the mark Mm -hmm. um this prioritize the same way we schedule all these other meetings and all these other things um, scheduling that time that that's what helps me bring it back
0: awesome, awesome so we're human beings, and we tend to sort of displace our feelings, our emotions on other people, right, so you get angry at school and you come home and you take it out on your parents or or your students, I mean, your children or your, or your husband or, 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 or spouse. And now, as you, you know, with us working from home, you don't get away at all. It is 24 seven around everyone and yeah. taking on this added pressure of, now I got to teach online. I've never done it before. What am I doing? How does someone not take their frustration out on other people?
1: That's a good one. So um, yes, the reality is is that we are working in you know with com- in confinement essentially, right in our in our own home and. We are also people, and we have to first give grace to ourselves and give grace to others, knowing that we're out of routine, we're establishing new routines, we're human, we're, and, and, and part of being a human is being frustrated. And it is okay to be frustrated, right? Um, it's okay to be happy, it's okay to be sad. I think that sometimes and i don't want to veer off too much but i just just want to name this when it comes to um the emotional part i think especially in our communities and i know for me growing up talking about negative emotions was a was like a no it wasn't a good thing you know like first of all we didn't even talk about emotions let alone be okay with like sitting in those emotions um so being so my point in saying that is recognizing it and knowing that it is okay and the second part is allowing yourself the space to take those breaks put it in your schedule right like create again boundaries like if you you know have a spouse maybe you know i've heard from from some married couples like hey we someone this is your space for working this is my space for working maybe they agree on when lunchtime is if they're gonna have it together or not you know um i've heard some some husbands and my some of my brothers talk about well you know sometimes it's like we're available all the time and like i'm available to be the handyman all the time (laughs) and so um you know it's just about being just setting boundaries and allowing yourself the space um I know my brother works a lot with, with men who are in leadership and he's in the fitness industry. But one of the things that a lot of the men are saying is, you know, we, we're not getting enough sleep. We're working more than we ever have before. And it's probably not just applying to men as well as across the board. Um, but it's just, again, set boundaries, like put the same way you schedule all your meetings, schedule time for yourself.
0: Mm. So, before we go, what is your advice for those educators that they are really burned out? I mean they're at the point of getting ready to submit their resignation. Mm. They're looking at other opportunities because they're done, and yeah. what it, it seems as though if they try to take out take the time to find some peace they just can't do it right so nothing nothing seems to fall in line for them they're just ready to go What what is your advice to them not necessarily to keep them in the fight but th- that that piece of advice for them to let them know that they will be okay
1: yeah yeah um so the first thing is um It's okay to be burned out. Like it happens. We, especially if you've been in the game for a while or been going hard for, for within a short amount of time, give yourself the permission to rest. That's number one. I know so many people who are like, but I have to go to work. I used to be one of these people. In fact, some days I still am this person. Um, so give yourself the space to take the rest unapologetically. You don't have to explain that you need a mental day. You don't have to explain or apologize that you're taking a day off. Take the day off. Um, the second thing is also just know, do the work to figure out whether or not it is still your season to be in the classroom.
0: mm.
1: I'm just going to say it because I think what happens is sometimes we stay in the classroom too long and we, or we stay in a position, not just in the classroom, this applies to anything. You stay somewhere too long, knowing that you don't have much to give anymore and you end up doing more damage than good. And so Mm -hmm. what I encourage people to do is figure out a way if, What you, you know, if you feel like you have served in this capacity and you don't necessarily have much more to give in that space, figure out how you can continue to give and grow in another space. And sometimes that doesn't mean go to another school, to another classroom. Sometimes it does look like that. But sometimes it means, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to look into an organization where I could just maybe teach kids virtually from home because I actually like it. It works better for me. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm operating from a clear space. For some people, it's maybe I need to look into an organization where I'm coaching other teachers because that's actually what I'm really good at. Or a technology space, go work for an ed tech company, right? Like it's not, so burnout, give yourself permission for the rest, reflect, and no, just know when it is, when you have no more to give that it's okay that there may be another space for you to go into find that space. Cause there is another space.
0: Mm. I didn't expect that answer, but I like it. I like it.
1: <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, I, I hit, I hit him with a curveball. So
0: that's all right. Noemi, thanks for coming on.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you and best wishes to you and the entrepreneur podcast.
0: Thank you. You You're welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode will be going up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe and share. And stars are cool. I appreciate that. But I would like, come on, to leave some recommendations. Leave your comments because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Noemi Pavone, for coming on and dropping so many gems. And I'd like to thank you for checking out the Dr. Will Show, the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs. As always, people, invest in you. ADU, peace.